Welcome to the Fully Equipped Podcast, where we read through the Bible together and help to answer any questions you might have. Alright, welcome to our first episode of the Fully Equipped Podcast. I'm Zach, and this is Travis. Hey guys. So, uh, this is our first episode. We're actually having to re-record this. This this is uh, take two of episode one. Right Apparently on. the first episode... God said we didn't do good enough. So we're going at it again. So we're, we're going to try. Tr- we're going to try it again. And uh, since this is the beginning, we're going to start in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, this week we're reading Genesis 1 through 8. Uh, so we're going to start in the beginning of Genesis and see how far we can get. Um, if you uh, haven't been able to find our bookmarks because you don't, you haven't been around the one day that we've had them out. Uh, we're going to try and upload our um, reading plan, and uh, we're also going to put um, the next week's um, reading in our show notes for each podcast, so if you don't uh, want to go searching for it, you'll be able to find it right there. So, and if you're listening to this, we want to let you know we are not doing this from a recording studio, that right now we're sitting at my dining room table, so you're probably going to hear dogs walking around in the background. Going um, in and out. And... Cree's making supper right now, so you may hear the Instapot beep and let let us know it's done and we need to hurry up because supper's almost ready. So you may hear some different things in the background, doors opening, closing, and that's okay. Uh, like we're letting the dog out right now. We've got Kelsey is letting the dog out. Cree's cooking right now in the kitchen. So, so y'all say hi. Now we got them recorded, right? So now, y'all, y'all now should, they're in it with us. Y'all should feel special because neither one of them wanted to say anything. That was our first special guests. First special guest. That's right. I think, and, I think from there we can only go up. Oh, careful! <laughs> they're oh, she have they haven't finished supper yet. I don't know. Some of this may need to be cut out of here, but it may not be. Y'all may just hear. All of our wanderings. So we're gonna we're starting in Genesis chapter one. I figure we can get this train back on the tracks since it hasn't even left the station. Uh, and you know, a lot of times we're, we've been talking about this a lot uh, as of late. But a lot of times when we read the Bible, we get hung up on stuff that doesn't matter, right? That's right. And so uh, one of the things that we've been talking about, uh, we we mentioned it this morning that we're recording this on Sunday. Um, this morning you talked about how um, there's this conversation that happens around uh, Genesis chapter 1 and creation and how the the time period could mean 6 days or 6,000 years or 600 years depending on how you interpret it and you want to look at it. But I think the important part is is that we realize that it's about creation and the fact that yes. God is the creator. Yeah, so if... If you haven't had a chance, we're going to, I don't know that we've done it yet, but we're going to try to have Sunday morning sermon um, on the uh, podcast website also. So you can go back and check that out if you weren't there and not able to listen to it. But that's something we talked about is uh, God's given us his word. And it says in 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 that we can, so that we can be fully equipped right. for all for every good work and so to be fully equipped we need to know 
his word and how it relates. And sometimes we we don't either spend time enough reading or really spend enough time uh, studying. We're called to be disciples. Why don't you, uh, from your viewpoint, Zach, why, why don't you tell everybody what a disciple, how, how would you define a disciple? Well, I mean, really when it gets down to it, it's a disciplined learner or a disciplined follower. Um, and so when we look at what being a disciple means, it means that we're, we're, we're really dedicated to understanding the teachings and, and, and the, the word of God. That's right. And so if we we're, we're told that we should live by the word, um, not just read it, it says that in, in James. And so to live by the word, you have to understand what it says. You have to understand what it means for us. And to do that, we have to understand what it means in context. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we, one of the ways that we've been talking about doing that is to, to figure out who things were written for, why, why they're being said. And, and that can help us to figure out what's important. And so, you know, we, we, we talked about this morning that, that Genesis was written by Moses and it's being written about the time of the Exodus, about the time of, uh, the Israelites leaving Egypt. And this is really just to point them back to the fact that there is one true God and he is the creator of everything. Yes. And as we go through the Bible, I think sometimes I think sometimes the Bible gets intimidating and, and we get stuck in the you know, we've heard the big theological terms and the arguments and that kind of stuff. And so when we're doing this, that's really what we want to do is we always want to what's the point? We always want to point back to the truth of Christ, to the truth of God's nature. What's he telling us and, and why is he telling us that? Yeah, we want to bring it back home. Now my daughter's walking by. Where are you going? See, she's got her license now, so she's got some freedom. Always having to go. Bye. Bye. So we, we talked this morning and um in church and that's just a point that we want to reemphasize and point out that um we always want to go back to the picture zach mentioned it earlier um so we've seen the first couple of chapters of genesis we've really seen that pulled out of context and used for a lot of different arguments zach mentioned one about the length of time you know we've got people who hang up on was it six do you know was was everything created in six literal days? Right. Another argument is creation versus evolution, and mm -hmm. you know, all of it's ridiculous because that's not the point. You know, we we get pulled out of this, and we, you know, it gets stretched here and there, and I think it's it's a distraction. Yes. You know, when we look back at it, it always comes back to the fact that God created, and that was so. I remember when I was in Ocampo and I was working with youth. I had one of the moms that actually worked with me. Um, her daughters had come to our youth group for a little bit, and she had asked a question. She said, one question that I always get asked by my kids is, well, if dinosaurs were real and we have fossils for them and they can pull out the bones, why weren't they mentioned in the Bible? And the thing that I explained to her is because the Bible is not, God did not give us his word to explain all of creation and how he how he did it, he gave it to us to explain that he did it. And so, if it wasn't important to the to the salvation story, it wasn't included. And right. so, there's a lot of things that 
that people pull out of the Bible and try to make arguments for that when it comes down to it, that's just a point that distracts from the truth of what's really going on. So whether it was six literal days, 6,000 years, whether there was, it's not important how God did it. What's important is that we recognize that he did it. Right. I think an important distinction to make is that everything in the Bible is true and it's all written for a reason, but it's not a textbook. It's more of a narrative than anything else. Mm -hmm. And it's like if you're watching a movie and there are people who nitpick movies all the time, but there are like the reason that scripts don't involve all of the sciences for every movie and why things can happen is because that's not what's interesting. If all a movie did was explain the science of the universe that it's in, you'd get super bogged down with information and you wouldn't get the story. And so a lot of what's going on in, in the first couple of chapters of Genesis is setting up the need for a savior. It's, it's, it's explaining that God created. Mm-hmm. It's explaining that man chose and chose wrong and fell. And that created a need for a savior and then tells us that that's coming. Yes. And it all comes down to showing God's love. Right. Um, you know, I think it starts out the the first chapter of the, the, the first verse of the first chapter of the first book started out in the beginning was God. It, it, it goes into that God created. Then we see in the second chapter that we go from a broad picture to God zooming in and, and talking about the creation of man. And it really shows... I think that second chapter really shows God's love for man, his love for for that creation because uh, it goes into so much detail about how he created man and, and there's and, no detail about anything else that was created at all and, 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 and I, yet it's so yeah. specific. Well, and also if if you notice when you get toward the end of the the first chapter, we see that Everything that God created, he turns around and says, I have given you every, right. um, you know, every plant to eat. I have given you every. And so he takes this creation, this wonderful creation that he's made, and he, he gives it to man. Um, and I think that shows, uh, that shows his love for us. I think an- another, another point, another example of that is, Right after he's explained, you know, the the one rule in the garden, which is not to eat of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, and surely if you eat from it, you will die. Um, right after that, he says, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make you a helper, or I will make a helper suitable for him. He's not saying it directly to Adam, but he is pointing out that there's a need for that. And it's before Adam ever even understands that there's a need for it. Mm-hmm. God knew his needs and was already preparing to meet those needs before Adam understood that he was alone. Yeah. Yeah. And it, all of it is God knows us so much better than we even know ourselves. Um, you know, we see the tree that he's put in the middle of the garden and, and he explains how not to touch it. He doesn't go into the why. He just says, don't. If you do, you will surely die. Um, God knows our needs even when we don't understand what they are. And that's where our trust and our faith 
uh, comes that would that we look to him right and and so we've brought up now a few times that that we aren't supposed to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and we've kind of talked about this a little bit um, but what what do you think the reason is for that I think um, the reason not to eat of it yeah well I think it comes down to, to two things I think one is they are innocent and so they know only good right that's that's all they ever see and that's the only thing that they know is the goodness the goodness of god the goodness of his creation all they ever see is good once and there's they there's a ha- freedom in that there's a freedom in that there's an innocence in that and it's once that they know once they have knowledge of good and evil it's the knowledge of the evil part that will uh it robs that innocence and it turns that innocence into shame. Um, that's where we see after they eat and after the fall that they go from being being naked and unashamed to, to covering themselves, ashamed. to covering themselves and being ashamed of their nakedness. And that right. just shows that innocence being being lost. And I think the second part of that, um, the second part of that is it shows our free will. Um, that you can't, you can't truly love without free will to make the choice to love. Right. And so by, by God giving them that one, that one requirement, they have a choice to choose between obeying God completely or disobeying and choosing themselves. Cause that's really what it comes down to is it comes down to choosing themselves over choosing God. And so uh, I think we see that 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 sets up the ability for us to truly love, to to truly love God the way that he wants. And and as we bring it up, we we do know the choice that was made, which was they chose themselves. They uh, they were deceived. We you know, we we read here what the serpent says to Eve and everything that he says is these half truths and these manipulated truths and they're all things that are technically correct if you're not looking at the big picture and you know he looks at her and he says surely you won't die if you eat of this fruit and and that's not a direct consequence death is not a direct consequence of eating the fruit um but death is a is a you know prolonged consequence she won't you know she's she's going to be kicked out of the garden she's not going to be able to eat of the tree of life and so eventually she's going to die now i'll tell you something i hang up on and i and this is going to let y'all into a little bit of my weird mind and that's in chapter three in the very first verse it says now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals now here's where my weird mind goes with that i begin to think crafty like like arts and crafts? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the serpent could have its own show on HGTV. I was uh, thinking macaroni pictures. <laughs> so that that shows how different we are. So you think more kindergarten and I think more... I think arts and crafts like camp, like, like when you're camp. a kid. <laughs> you know, and so I don't really think of it like... I'm not thinking of it as like a middle-aged woman doing her crafts. You were That's immediately not thinking think Joanna it. Gaines, weren't you? No. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. So I mean, third grade Joanna Gaines, <laughs> maybe. But. So, 
that was neither here nor there. It's just sometimes I read words like that and get a little distracted. Um, no, but but I agree. It's one of those things where we see the deceit that happens. We see these things that are they're subtle. All the things that he says to her are are subtle manipulations of of things that are are true, and you know it ends with them seeing something and they're enticed by it. It says that she said it says that once she saw that the that the fruit was good for eating and gaining wisdom mm-hmm. that she was willing to eat it and you know there was another distinction that you, that you had made uh, earlier about this passage uh, which was about Adam um, and how he is next to her in that moment yeah a lot of times people just blame Eve for that but when you when you truly read it in context, you find out that he was she didn't go find him and trick him into, into eating that fruit. He was standing there next to her. And since he was the one that received the command from God, that he should have stepped in to stop her from doing that. And so now he tried to he, he tried to play the blame game like we all do. And uh, matter of fact, when when they get caught, he even goes so far as to blame God and say, well, it was the woman that you gave me. And uh, but we can see from this that that he was standing right there. And that's the thing with sin that it does so many times is we we convince ourselves. Yeah, we we allow ourselves to be deceived because we convince ourselves of this is the thing that I want. And that's really where sin comes down to is I think a lot of times we make sin difficult we make sin about a list of rules, of do's and don'ts. I can do this. I can't do that. And then so we try to turn the Bible into a list of rules. But I think when we get down to it, sin is really coming down to, are we choosing ourself over God? Right. It's, there's so many places later on in, in, in the Bible that talk about kind of the same idea. There's you know, the idea that you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself and love God with all your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the idea that, that do everything that you would do, but do it for the glory of God. And both I think both of those ideas kind of show us how simple sin, the, the idea of sin is, Yeah, it's that, you know, it, it doesn't matter about what you do physically, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's really a consequence of sin because sin is where your heart is. It's not this simple thing. Uh, or it's not this complex thing of like, oh, well, you've done these actions, and, and so now you're a sinner, whereas if you'd have chosen these actions, you wouldn't be. Yeah. Your actions come from whether or not you are a sinner. And at the end of the day, because of these choices, we all are sinners. That's right. Um, none of us have escaped it. Only one man has. It's Jesus. We'll get into that later, I think. Yes, um, most definitely. But I think what's interesting here is that, or, or I think a a huge thing that we key in on here is that no matter where we try to place our blame, our sin is on us. That's right. Like we, we, I can't blame anything that I've ever done as sin on you, on my parents, on God, on my wife. I can't place that blame anywhere else. My sin is my sin. And, and I think that that's really important here because there's this, this, there's this thing that happens as soon as they're caught, as soon as they're found out, where immediately their guilt just causes them to push it anywhere else because they feel like if they can get it away from themselves, then they'll be free of it. Well, here, here's an interesting idea. Let me ask you this. You, do you think you can claim 
omission. Well, I didn't know. No, I don't. I don't think that that's a. I don't think it's a fair claim. Okay. Not not when it comes to God. That's right. We, I mean, first off, there's the idea that we can't claim it for our own laws, so we can't claim it for that. That's simple. But also, we've al- we already have it. We mm-hmm. we as people are born with the knowledge of good and evil. And there's a time where we're where there's an innocence to us where we don't quite understand. But there's you always when, when once you're aware, once you become kind of self aware as a person, you really always know when something's right or wrong. You know, and you may not understand if things are acceptable or unacceptable. And we talked about this before where, you know, as a child, you may do something and you don't realize that socially it's not okay. But you understand when you're taking something that's not yours, mm-hmm. that that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all have a conscience that points us to. And one of the reasons I asked that question is I think sometimes... Um, it's really easy. We talked about earlier about being a disciple, being a disciplined learner. And sometimes it's easy for us to um, kind of put that on the back burner yeah, and, and not spend times. But I think we open ourselves up to, and we can't claim, well, I didn't know because God's going to say, well, I gave you everything you needed to know. Why didn't you spend that time learning my heart? Right. Um, and so... I just think, I just kind of just had that idea, had that thought about how many times are we led astray by the devil because we didn't spend time to know what God actually said and we go by what sounds good or what feels good at the moment when he's given us his word for us to study, for us to be fully equipped for every good work because I said it during the sermon on Sunday that... um, the devil doesn't attack us. Well, maybe I didn't say it during the sermon. Maybe that was in take one. But the devil doesn't attack us from the front. A lot of times we blame the devil for things that he has nothing to do with. Right. But what the devil will do is he will take Scripture. He'll take God's Word and he'll twist it. Yeah. He'll distract it. He'll make the battle be about how God did it as opposed to that we have faith and trust that God did it. Right. Where we try to make we try to convince people by putting their faith in the proof of science as opposed to putting their faith in God when there's just things that that we don't know and so we come around and and we see how the fall came and I think one thing that um I think one thing that we really need to, we talk about what's the point. Yeah. So we look at the, we look at this in context. We've had a lot of discussion. You know, we've talked about who it was written to. We've talked about why it was written. But I think one thing we can really look at is what's the point? What does it mean for us today? Yeah. Um, I, and, I, I think an answer to that is that we all have sin in our lives. I think, I think that that's one of the first things that we can look at and see. And I think the second thing that we can look at is see is that God still loves us and he still has good things for us. And and there's there's really two spots that as we get to the end of this chapter or, or as we go through this chapter that, that show that. And uh, I think one is when he's going through all of the explanation of what are the consequences of this. Mm-hmm. He's talking to the serpent and he says... And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. 
And that's really the first indication that we have of a savior. That's the first point in, in all of scripture that we see. There's going to be someone who is, who is taking our place in the battle. And I I think that's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But then there's another spot later on, uh, right before they leave, um, where God makes them clothing before he kicks them out of the garden. That's right. That's says he verse makes 21. Them, yeah, it says he makes them garments of skin and clothe them. And I think that that's he, all of this stuff, and really it's the first betrayal towards God, and yet he's still caring for needs. Yeah, he's still taking care of them. He's still, and I think that's the thing that, as we bring this thing to a close, I think the thing that we need to really realize is, Sometimes we get so deep into head knowledge and trying to explain God and who he is that that we miss some of the we miss the main point. Yeah, the simple stuff that's right the, there. The the simple stuff that's right there and the simple stuff that I get out of these first 3 chapters is that God is good. Yeah. Everything he created is described as good. Everything that he did is described as good. When the serpent steps in, the serpent is trying to, that's where the real sin comes from, is going, well, no, God isn't looking out for your best. God isn't good, but he's withholding goodness from you, which is a lie. Yeah. And then we see even with all of that, we see God's grace, love, and mercy by taking care of them even after he sinned for them. We see it in him taking care of us even after we've sinned against him by Jesus paying the price for our sins when we were still enemies of God. And so I think the thing that we always need to come back to is I can't explain why, I can't explain how, but I can tell you who, and that was God. And so I think we always need to look to that point that God is good and his grace and mercy and he's a loving father. Right. That's going to bring us through chapter three. We'll be back again Thursday with a new episode um, covering the rest of uh, Genesis one through eight. We're going to we're going to finish that out. If you have any questions for us, you can email us at podcast at fully If there's anything that you guys want us to any questions that you have about these first eight chapters or if there's anything that you're looking forward to us covering, if you could just let us know that. Um, we're going to be back on Thursday. We uh, encourage you to keep reading. And, and one thing we want to end with and just remind you of is if you miss a day, don't quit. That's right. This is something that being a disciple includes discipline. And being disciplined means you're not going to always get it right away. It's just like working your physical body out. If you miss a day at the gym, don't quit going to the gym. Get back on track and keep going. Spiritually is the same way. If you miss a day in God's Word, don't give up. Don't quit. Just pick back up and keep going. Um, this is a, It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's right. So God bless y'all, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Fully Equipped Podcast. You can find us on iTunes or Spotify, as well as www.fullyequipped.church. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at Have a blessed day.